Welcome to Lake Mount Worship Center, connecting you to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed and inspired by today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm honored to preach and bring the word this morning. I'm thankful to Pastor Matt and Lisa, our church family, that's you guys, as well as the missions committee. We have an incredible missions committee behind the scenes who are helping me with how we steward funds and come alongside of partners. And then also I want to thank our many ministry partners around the world. Sometimes you don't get to hear all the stories and know everything that's happening, but I'm just going to give you a quick glimpse this morning before I preach ask Kenneth to accompany me on keys. <laughs> to create some atmosphere in the room. Um, But just some highlights from Outstretched Arms and our Gopal workers this year. Honestly, it's been such a blessing to have Pastor Craig Forbes join the staff at Lake Mount. He is such a huge blessing. For those of you that are on his team, you know what I'm talking about. Um, every every week, their team is heading into homeless encampments in both St. Catharines and Hamilton. Uh, they're providing food packages and care and prayer. They're truly going in and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those people who are hungry there. To date, they've distributed over 600 food and meal packages to these uh, to these people, and just so many people encountering the presence of God. Also through part partnership with Cobb's Bread. We weekly supply bread products to GBF, Village of Hope, Parkview Church, and Crossfire Assembly. So there's lots of stuff happening beyond our house into other ministries as well. We continue to partner with Crossfire, serve our city. You can see some pictures there. Their Hamilton outreach that happens to the elderly, the homeless, low-income families. It's happening the first and third Wednesday of every month. And if you're like, I need something to do, this is a great opportunity to join the Outstretched Arms team and go and minister right in the heart of Hamilton. And then because of your generosity, listen, we have such a generous house. We've been able to set up a clothing and food bank uh, where we can supply those kinds of items to people who truly need it. So as you're aware of situations and even in your own community and your own spheres of influence, let us know if you have an extra bed, if you have an extra couch, all those kinds of things. We have storage for that now. And so we're uh, a blessed to be a blessing. Uh, we're also more aware than ever that the nations are coming to us. Am I right? They are like this place. This is a true representation of the nations where God's gathered each of us from the corners of the earth to be here, to be church family. And we're actively working to embrace all these newcomers to Canada. Uh, we have assisted more than 12 families with furniture, clothing, and food, as well as we deliver uh, bread to refugee families in Niagara through uh, Janita Willis. There's also been a felt need to host ESL conversation circles. So I don't even know if you guys knew this was a thing, uh, but special thanks to Charles Hermelink and Emma Deshim and the Victoria Saw. There's a whole team that's been putting that together and started this past summer. We'll be launching a new one in the new year. We also partner with various initiatives in our city. Come on, through GBF. This year we came alongside their back-to-school program, Thanksgiving food drive, and participate in their Christmas hamper program uh, next month. Okay, I'm going to shift gears to our nation. Are you ready? I'm just giving you like a taste of everything that we do. So I want you to like get excited. Let Holy Spirit stir your heart. All right, so shifting to Canada, Crystal LaValle travels through Canada honoring the stories and legacy of Indigenous communities and is an advocate for hope. This girl knows how to stir hope and to prophesy life into the darkest places. Our Crystal joined Pastor Curtis and Annika and our Prime Youth team. This July, they traveled to Musquachese and ran a VBS program uh, in one of the communities there. We also sent a young adult team back to Ministiquin with Pastor Craig. Uh, they were able to give each student their own Bible and taught them how to read it. And it's so encouraging to see how God 
is moving in these youth. Another of our Canadian partnerships is with Joelle and Hannah Dumain at Generation Unité. Is that exciting? In Quebec, we have partners and they serve the French Canadian community there and have a passion for revival. And it's an honor to support them. The Sarah Tapley Foundation is also one of our local partners. And this year, we've ha they've had the privilege to walk with five more hero families from across Canada who have children undergoing their respective treatments. And as we look to our global partners, okay, we zeroed in on Canada, now we're going to the nations. I want to take a minute and honor the legacy of Dave Melnick. This might take me a minute. <laughs> In April, we lost our dear friend and global worker, Dave, and along with his wife, Jean, they faithfully served in the Dominican as global workers with this American Foundation for the past seven years. Dave oversaw the planning and uh, construction of Grace Pediatric Medical Center, as well as approximately 500 homes and expansions. The work he did will have a lasting impact, and we're so grateful, Jean, for his life. And today, Jean's with us. She's sitting here in the second row. It's an honor to have you. And she continues their work building homes, helping seniors, providing school supplies and programming, as well as discipling women. And she's going to be sharing with us tonight, so make sure that you come on back. In April, we sent our interns to Guatemala to work with Stephen and Carlos Stoffelson at the House of Refuge, and they continue their amazing work there. Ter Terry Bone continues his work among the unreached in Southeast Asia. There he is on team on the ground that are spreading the gospel and raising up leaders. And Terry's work is expanding in new areas. He is a champion of even our global workers here at Lake Mount and I'm so thankful for his partnership. Paul W. also works in a similar area and we just had the honor to host a guest of Paul's from India, a country where multiple thousands of women or children are trafficked uh, every day and they work alongside an incredible team that's rehabilitating and restoring these women and children and giving them opportunities they would never, they would never know. Pastor Puspa is also going to be with us tonight and pastors in Nepali Church in Waterloo that meets weekly. He returned to Nepal earlier this year to run the Heart of Jesus Bible School with over 40 students who are on fire for God and spreading the gospel throughout Nepal. And recently he's been meeting with all these Nepali uh, university students who've come to Canada to go to university and they are hungry for God and they've been attending his church. So it's exciting to see the revival that's happening even here amongst the Nepali community. Um, just a couple more hang in. Reynold and Kathy Maines are global workers in Gulu, Uganda, a world embrace, and the park is beginning to open. They continue to minister through their weekly Bible studies and run outreach to the children's jail. And we look forward to taking a team from Lake Mountain next year. We're pumped for that. It's going to be so good. Another one is Pastor Jamil Nasser. He leads the Church of Pentecost, Pakistan, which continues to gather on-site at Lake Mount and in Lahore each Sunday. In July, he and his daughter Shulmiet, who is our third-year intern and my intern, who I love. Shout out to Shulmiet. All right. Uh, they, they return to spearhead a Bible translation project through Wycliffe Translators. And while there, persecution broke out against the Christians in Jarnwala, which is a nearby town. And Pastor Jamil, Shulmia, and Stephen Wesley were actually be able to be there in that critical hour and minister to those who were hurting and in need. 
There are many others from our church family who've gone to the nations. Grant and Kathy Mullen were in Japan. Michelle Atherton was in Botswana. Stephen Wesley, Pakistan, Uganda, and Tara Nicole. I don't know if you know Tara, but Tara ministers healing in the name of Jesus through her training as an osteopath and has visited Africa, Cozumel, Dominican Republic, Roatan, and imparting her knowledge to medical teams and excited for the vision that God has burning in her heart. In February, when we heard about the devastation from the earthquakes in Turkey, we were able to respond as a church family with crisis relief and support and ministry on the ground connected to J&JW. And we are so thankful for the work of Floyd and Vanessa Broval. I know you guys are in here. We'll be at second service. I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the team at the Voice of Martyrs Canada. We're also excited to see some of our interns, Kaylee Duggan, Anita Hanna, Victoria Dodono, join their team this year. And then through one of their partners on the ground, we responded to some of the relief efforts for families who were impacted by the persecution in Pakistan. Bible League Canada is located right here in Grimsby and continues the essential work of placing Bibles all around the world. This last year, Pastor Matt traveled with them into the Amazon. Come on, we send our pastor into the deepest places of the earth to encourage believers and encourage the believers there. And through your gift, we help to plant churches, raise up leaders, and distribute Bibles. Okay, we give God all the glory for all of this incredible work. Come on. This is just like scratching the surface. There's so many other things that we do that I can't tell all the stories of. And so I invite you to check out the tables in the foyer this morning. Come back tonight. Enjoy Foods of the World. It's going to be a great time. And then I also want to give you a special invitation to missions prayer that happens every Thursday, the first Thursday of every month, sorry. And it's a deep dive where you're going to be able to hear encouraging reports from our global workers in a way that we can't always share publicly. And then you're going to get to pray for the actual needs that are happening in real time. It's a powerful time of prophetic and leaning in and partnering and lifting up the hands of our global workers. And so I encourage you to come and be a part of that. After the service today, we're also launching something called Take Five. Everybody say Take Five. It's a campaign over the next couple of weeks on our Lake Mount Missions Instagram page. We're just going to encourage you to pray for our various ministries. And there's going to be a little thing, a little prize. If you all listen and cheer me on and get excited this morning, there's going to be a prize at the very end, right? So good. <laughs> all right, Colossians 1.6 says, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. And we are literally seeing evidence of that in our church family. And it's such a blessing to be a part of stewarding that and calling, calling our house higher in that way. All right, can we just take a minute and pray together? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just want to welcome you in this place this morning. Father, we just thank you for your tangible presence that's here with us. God, I thank you that it's such an honor and privilege to partner with these ones all around the world. God, and we just ask that our hearts would be stirred this morning for the nations. God, that you would take us into a place, Father God, that maybe we haven't thought of before, maybe even in our own backyard. Jesus, and so I just invite you to come and speak through me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm normally like, now I go sit down and that's it. It's over. <laughs> But I actually get to preach, which is so cool. So increasingly, we are aware that there are many believers around the world who are risking their lives daily, right, for the sake of the gospel, maybe even more highlighted uh, than ever. And in July, we heard about these attacks that were happening on Christians in Jaranwala. 
Pakistan, believers who are literally falsely accused and persecuted. They had people coming into their homes, burning everything with chemicals. So it wasn't even like anything could be salvaged. It was absolutely destroyed. Women and children were fleeing into nearby fields just to be safe, often uncovered, which is like a big deal in Pakistan to bear the shame of what it is to go out without any even headdressing, all because they bear the name of Jesus Christ. The incredible thing about this, the testimony I love to hear is that didn't discourage the church. It didn't discourage the church. They continued, and they still are gathering and meeting, and the church is growing. Their faith is obviously so humbling and so inspiring. And today, I want us to like dig a little bit deeper into what it means to be a faithful witness. We may not be experiencing that type of persecution, but God is calling us to be the kind of people who will bear the name of Jesus right where we are. And more than just getting the courage to tell someone about Jesus, okay, we have all been there. We're nervous even to just sometimes tell someone that you love God or who God is, we need to go another level and actually count the cost of what it means to be a witness for Jesus Christ. My prayer is that today the Holy Spirit's going to produce in us a conviction that deepen even my conviction and strengthen in us to bear witness to the name of Jesus. All right, so who's taking notes? Can I see note takers? Good job, guys. Awesome. Okay, so what is a witness? The Oxford Dictionary defines a witness this way. A person who sees an event, typically a crime or an accident, to pl take place, and then to have knowledge of an event or change from personal observation or experience. So simply... Put, a witness is someone who sees something important or amazing happen. So have you ever been a witness to something important or amazing? So I'm going to say like a car accident and you had to give a report, right? Or bank robbery. That would be terrifying. Um, maybe you saw someone got healed or you experienced healing yourself. Maybe you even witnessed the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. It's, I'm not prophesying, but... <laughs> All the faithful fans in here. Okay, in the Hebrew, the word for witness is ida. Everybody say ida, ida. And in the Greek, the word is martis. And when you start to share what you have seen and heard, you are bearing witness, okay? So now you're actively witnessing. As we read the Bible, we discover that God wants a company of people to ida or represent him to a lost and dying world. People who have encountered him full of the evidence of grace that we've been talking about in the Antioch church. Uh, people that will represent him purely because of their encounter, because of their love, because of their passion for him. And in the Old Testament, the Israelites were the first to witness God in Exodus. Then God called them to bear witness and share what they had experienced with other nations. Did they do a good job? Yeah. Then God called them to bear witness. He called them to the, be kingdom of priests, people who would connect others to God. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't always hold up against the pressures and, and failed when it came to bowing down to other idols, right, and false gods. So God raised up Moses, who had a face-to-face -face encounter with him so he could eat up or represent him uh, to the Israelites and lead them out of captivity. Even in their deliverance, the Israelites continue to wander in the desert and fail to honor God for his love and power. And then through the Old Testament, we see that God continues to raise up prophets to Eda and to restore the Israelites in relationship. Yet they continue to fall into sin and rebellion. The Israelites, unfortunately, are so spiritually blinded and compromised, they didn't even recognize God as their king and their savior. And so God sends the prophet Isaiah 
And he prophesies that God would soon raise up what is called the servant of the Lord. He will open the eyes of the blind so they can truly see and not just see for themselves, but see so that they can bear witness to the nations. Okay, anytime God reveals himself to you or me, it's not for ourselves, right? It's for us to become witnesses of what we've experienced to those around us. That salvation would come to the ends of the earth. That's our job. That's our responsibilities. As ones who believed and seen, we are called to bear witness. Hundreds of years later, Jesus arrives, and he is the fulfillment of the servant and witness that the prophet Isaiah Isaiah prophesied about. Jesus is the ultimate witness. He is the martis. Everybody say martis. Martis, who knows the Father and is here to bring the kingdom of God through him. Crowds of people heard him preach that the kingdom of God is near and that is in him. And they witnessed him operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Many recognized and responded, right? Recognized and responded to what was happening, to what Jesus was saying, to things that he was doing. Because they remembered the testimony. They remember what had been told them by their grandparents. They remembered the stories from old. They remembered the things that had been prophesied. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember. This is true. This is the king. And the Holy Spirit opened up their eyes. There are many that didn't and failed to see Jesus as the king of heaven. And eventually Jesus laid down his life as the faithful witness. He is the faithful witness of God's kingdom coming. So that through believing and repenting of our sin, we might have access to God. That is what it means to be a faithful witness. So others can have access to the presence of God. This is where we get the word martyr. And remember, they didn't kill him, right? They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave up his life. He gave up his life for us. We know the story is just getting started because three days later, the disciples see him resurrected, risen from the dead, and they recognize him, okay, because their spiritual eyes are open. He is the divine king of heaven, and they recognize Jesus for who he is. We know this scripture, but in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Jesus gives the great commission to them, to the first disciples, and to us, if we have ears to hear. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. If we jump ahead to Acts 1, Pastor Matt's been doing an incredible job teaching us about the Antioch church and the fire and the power that's coming on these people who have passion for the Lord. But in Acts 1, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we see the Holy Spirit come in Acts 2 and give the disciples his power. And I just want to read from uh, verse 17 and with uh, Peter addresses the crowd. And he tells them about the prophetic word that Joel gave. Okay, so here we're going back to testimony. We're going back to remember the things that have been spoken. And it says, in the last days, I will pour on my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So he is reminding them of what's to come, of what's going to be accomplished through them. We cannot do it on our own. 
You and I can't, we, if, that, if we try to go out and witness and evangelize the whole world, we're going to fall flat on our face. It literally says we can't do it on our own. We need to be empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's the one who makes us bold to witness. He's the one who empowers us. And so that's why we say it's so vital that you're in his presence. It's so vital that you take time to be with him because as we experience the presence of the Lord and we're being changed and we're being transformed, that's what gets to be imparted to the people around us. That's what makes us bold. That's what gives us courage to be a light in a dark place. All right, from there, the disciples were sent to be martyrs, literal martyrs, to bear witness to the nations. And their mission was to preach the gospel, that the Holy Spirit might open the eyes of the blind to who Jesus is, that he is the king of the kings, and he is desired of all nations. It is a story that has been has been spread and is still spreading by faithful witnesses all around the world today. And being a faithful witness is ultimately about pointing people to Jesus and giving God the glory, no matter the personal cost, no matter what it costs us. The word martyr might seem terrifying in a North American context. I don't know if you've ever thought about the fact that witness means martyr, right? You're literally willing to lay down your life for the gospel. But in Matthew 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, that's you and me, but come after, but come after him, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. So it's this daily dying. We don't talk about it enough. I don't think we think we talk about like repenting of sin, turning from evil, living righteously, right? But it's the constant denying of ourselves saying, God, it's not about me, but how can I advance the kingdom today? How can I glorify your name? How could I bring someone into your presence today? In verse 27, it says, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and they will reward each person according to what he has done. We see lots of examples in the Bible of martyrs, uh, who, people who had given their lives for the gospel. Some of them are like John the Baptist who was beheaded, right? Literally lost his head because of the gospel. Peter who was asked to be hung upside down on the cross because he didn't want to die the same type of death that Jesus did. He didn't want to dishonor how he died. Stephen when he was stoned for standing up to the Sanhedrin and the apostle Paul who was killed by Nero. These are just some. There's countless stories of martyrs in the Bible. People would experience the presence of God and then went out and told the whole world about who he was. In Romans 1, 6, I love this. The apostle Paul says, for I am not ashamed I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So literally these men were, who had encountered the living God were willing to risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. The exciting thing is, like what's happening in Pakistan, amidst persecution, the church continued to grow, right? The word kept being spread People kept getting saved and coming into the kingdom of God. And so it doesn't matter what kind of resistance is against us. The kingdom of God is bigger. Our God is stronger than anything that would try to prevail or come against us. And so that's where we lean in when there's persecution. That doesn't mean be quiet, right? That doesn't mean that we bow our knee to culture. But we stand and we rise in the name of Jesus. Even this year, Pastor Matt went to uh, some of the same people in the Amazon that a missionary went to in the 1950s, uh, where he, that missionary, not Pastor Matt, but where the, the missionary attempted to share the gospel and gave his life along with those who were with him. But today, like this year, 
This year in 2023, Pastor Matt standing in the same place, speaking to a thriving church that's alive. So again, it didn't stop people from going in, right? But it made a way. When we step out in faith, when we are bold, when we're courageous, when we go where God's asking us to go, it makes a way for others to come along behind us. There are faithful witnesses around the world literally laying down their lives for the gospel Every single day, in this moment, right now, I'm sure there's someone in jail because of something that they've shared about Jesus. There's incredible stories about uh, missionaries who send balloons with evangelism tracks into restricted area nations. So talk about be creative, right? Like evangelism tract inside a balloon that like floats across the border and hopefully lands in the hands of someone who needs to hear the gospel, right? Or gets found along the path or something like that. They're meeting in underground churches, traveling hundreds of miles to preach just to, to the unreached. These are stories that, that ministries like the Bible League and the Voice of the Martyrs come alongside, but we can't always tell those stories, right? I would really encourage you, Voice of the Martyrs puts out a great newsletter once a month. Bible League has great updates. There's all kinds of different things that you can tune into to hear these stories because sometimes we get real spoiled. We get comfortable sitting in our spot here at church every Sunday. We don't understand that people are literally laying down their life for the sake of the gospel. And so this is where we need the eyes of our, our spirits to be open to see what's really going on because God, if they can do it there, I can do it here. Like, why can't I talk to my neighbor when somebody's suffering in prison right now because of your name? It should stir boldness. It should, should stir courage in our hearts for the name of Jesus. I recently heard a quote that said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And as people lay down their lives for the gospel, it is seed for what's to come, seed for the next generation to know Jesus. In Revelation 3, the angel of the Lord is speaking to the church in Laodicea, which is the wealthiest city in the area at the time. And in verse 14, Jesus says, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. And I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That church lacked the evidence of grace that was seen in the Antioch church. It lacked it lacked that. It didn't provide spiritual healing or encourage the spiritual weary. But Jesus is looking for us to be burning hot. What is our name of the year? Heart on fire, right? He's looking for us to be a house that has our hearts on fire, a vibrant church that is bearing witness in both word and deed to the light in a dark world. And so this is what we're talking about. This is what we're contending for. Week after week, we gather for the presence of God so that we can stand strong in the midst of whatever it is that happens when we walk out these doors and we can be faithful to the witness of Jesus Christ. Revelation 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And this gets me excited because I know, all right, I know because of my personal encounter with Jesus Christ that he is Lord and that my spiritual eyes have been opened by the Holy Spirit. And this is my testimony. My testimony is the testimony of Jesus. This is your testimony. You carry the testimony of Jesus around with you everywhere you go, right? And we should not be ashamed of the gospel because what Paul said is the power of God is the power of God for salvation. And so standing our testimony is so powerful. When we hear and receive good news, the natural response is for us to go and, and tell our people, like, I, we had a baby, or what the report from the doctors it was is not what we thought, so we're praising God because I'm healed, and there's, there's no lump, or there's no sign of cancer, whatever that might be, or the judge ruled in your favor, the least actually won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <clears throat> 
When we receive the good news of Jesus and our spiritual eyes are open, we aren't blind anymore. We can see. Everybody say, I can see. If you can see, why are you telling people what you couldn't see before you can see now? Right? We can see who Jesus is. The natural response should be for us to go and bear witness about whom we've had, who we have encountered so that other people might have their opportunity to know. It's not for us to keep to ourselves. The mandate remains the same. And so that the nations, the nations, the world might know. And because the nations are gathering here, listen, you don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to China. You don't have to go to Guatemala. You can. Those opportunities, they're there, and we'll be taking missions teams all, teams all the time. But the nations are here among us now, and so we got to be faithful with who God is bringing us. And as we're faithful, listen, I, this is a principle that stayed true to the end. When we're faithful with what God gives us, he gives us more, and he increases capacity. He increases our capacity. We may not find ourselves deep in the Amazon, okay, or in a restricted area nation. So what is stopping us from bearing the name of Jesus? The book of Revelations calls Jesus the faithful witness. He is the true example of what it is to be a faithful witness. There will be times where we'll be asked to speak truth, okay? We'll be asked to speak truth. We'll be asked to give an answer for what we believe and why we believe it. And it might even cost us something great, including our lives, and are we willing to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel? No matter what, we're called to be Jesus' example in front, or keep Jesus' example in front of us, in front of our kids, and in front of the next generation. So consider all the times the Apostle Paul risked his life for the name of Jesus. And God has not given us a spirit of fear. I'm prophesying that over you right now. God has not given you a spirit of fear when it comes to standing as a Christian, when it stands to come to bear the name of Jesus. But, and we don't bow to culture, but we stand in the testimony of Jesus. We stand in who he is and what he's done for us. We stand in our families. Come on, parents. We stand in our families. We stand in our marriages, and we stand as, as parents and grandparents because of who Jesus is. We hold the line, and we follow Jesus' faithful example. We don't bow. We don't get quiet. We don't get fearful. We trust God, and we lean into who he is. There is always going to be pressure to compromise truth and sound biblical doctrine. That will always be there. You can read it in the Bible. It's the same thing generation after generation, right? But I'm so grateful for a spiritual leader and Pastor Matt who holds the ultimate authority of God's word. He doesn't bow his knee. He stands strong. And the cost for him is really high because of that. Come on, yeah. I'm so grateful for a leader who leads us and imparts courage because we follow him as he follows Christ, right? We've made a choice to follow him as he follows Christ. The world around us is literally being shaken. We're hearing this all the time with persecution, war, and famine. Matthew 24, 79 tells us these things are coming and that many will turn away and will from faith and will betray and hate betray and hate each other. But verse 13, I love this, says, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved and the gospel will be, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. So this is a call for us to stand to the very end. It may not feel in your face right now, but listen, it's our responsibility for the next generation because we don't know what they're going to be up against. For my kids, it's my job to stand in my testimony of Jesus, to tell them the things that Jesus has done in my life, to tell them of how he's moved, the miracles that I've seen, the signs and wonders, the stories about the persecuted church so that they can tell the next generation that comes after them. Okay, our world is desperate and our neighbors, our fellow students, our co-workers, our family members, the people that we're afraid to talk to sometimes are looking for people who are standing in truth. And let me tell you, the harvest is ripe. 
People are hungry more now than ever. They're literally asking, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? And I hope you have an answer. I really hope you have an answer that today there's courage rising up in your heart to be like, yeah, I can tell them who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in my life. You don't have to preach the whole Bible at them. I want you to think about the testimony that you carry and let that be life. Let that be power to them for salvation because that's how God wants to move in and through you. There are many voices out there that may sound good, right? May sound like they have a good answer, but they offer no true hope. The Bible tells us that false prophets will come. False prophets will come preaching a message that sounds good but leads to death. Listen, we are a chosen generation. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And as we stand here, this morning was beautiful. As we stand here and lift up praise to the King of Kings, as we honor and glorify him, we allow the people that we encounter in our everyday lives to have a taste and as taste and see encounter of the presence of God. So again, it's not just for this room here and now, it's for us to carry out into the nations. Am I right? That it's, we can't just hold on to it. We can't be selfish with the presence of God. We have to be carriers of it. As those who have received and believe, you and I have a high calling, a very high calling to Eda and represent God in our generation and to the next. And the nations are not beyond us. They're right here. They're right now. You look around this room and see, Right? That what Canada looks like is beautiful. It's so beautiful. And this is in God's heart for us to be together. Living missionally means being a faithful witness right where you are. Right where you are. We have incredible missionaries, incredible global workers who are going to the, the ends of the earth. And if you feel a call for mission this morning, we want to pray for you as well. But I would say that in this house, we're all missionaries. We're all called to go and preach the gospel. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. And let me encourage you to continually encounter the presence of God, not just on Sundays, not just here and now, but be a worshiper at home. Be a worshiper in your car. Worship your face off on your drive to work, okay? Because you're carrying, you know what you're walking into. You know what the tension is in the room. You know the people that don't get along. Be a worshiper on your way to work so that you're carrying the presence of God into that atmosphere and it can start to shift and change because of what you carry, all right, tell others who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Again, this is your testimony. Your testimony is so powerful. Don't underestimate. If you haven't written it out in a long time, I'm going to encourage you to write it out. Who is Jesus? What has he done for you? How has he changed your life? And then begin to memorize that and meditate it and let it just marinate in your spirit so that you're ready to share to, with anybody who asks. Look for ways to meet the hurting around you. Again, coming and partnering with us at Outstretched Arms and any of our other missions activities that we're doing. There's need everywhere, right? And sometimes it takes us stepping out of our comfort zone, stop thinking about ourselves to see, to see the need and to see the people that Jesus loves so dearly. Love and encourage one another as the family of God. This is how the world will know that we love him by how we treat each other. So that's our testimony too is how we stand with each other. And then teach these things to your kids and your grandkids. Teach them, if I can just instill in you a passion for your kids and your grandkids to know the word of God and to know a personal encounter and presence with him. Be so convinced and so convicted of who Jesus is so that you can be a faithful witness of truth. And then having our hearts set on building, on building the kingdom of God roots us in the eternal. Something that's bigger, something that's beyond the here and now, right? It roots us in something beyond us, living for more than what the world has to offer. 
All right, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and if the ministry team to come forward this morning. Today, I really believe that God is opening eyes in this room, opening the eyes of our heart. Maybe this is the first time you've heard anything like this and you're like, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. How do I, how do I get a part of the mission? How do I join? And so today I'm going to give you opportunity to ask Jesus. It was really simple to ask him into your heart and the ministry team can come as well. For those of us who have received the testimony of Jesus Christ and desire to be faithful witnesses, I'm going to pray for you to receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you want it this morning? A fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit to be bold in your witness, to be bold for the people, the passion for the people that God places in your path. All right, let's just pray together. Holy Spirit, I thank you today. Father, I thank you for the gospel, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that is the power of salvation to those that hear it, Lord. It's literally redeeming them from a place of darkness into light. And God, I ask, Lord God, that you would come and just bring a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit this morning. God, that there would be fresh courage and fresh boldness that comes on us. God, so we can be faithful witnesses and Ida and represent you to the world around us. Lord God, we just thank you right now for the nations that are among us. Lord God, for the ones who are hungry to learn and know and see you, Jesus. God, would you come and impart your presence? Would you come and impart your power this morning, God? We welcome you, Father. We welcome you, God, in this place, Jesus. And we ask for more of your presence. Lead us and guide us, God, as we go out into the world and operate, God, in the mission that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information on who we are, visit our website at lakebound.ca or download our app for your mobile device.